chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello, and welcome back to Statue Jacks. I'm Tim Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 650. NASDAQ Futures up 17 and a quarter. Been a bizarre day yesterday, up, down, up, down, all over the place. And uh, first, it looked like we were going to really take off after uh, Monday's big rally from the crummy week last week. And we were real high during the show, and I thought we'd stay high. And then all of a sudden, it was down to unchanged, and then it was down pretty low. Looked like we were going to pull the rug out from under it. And then we came back and probably went up and down two, three times. Uh, every time we were up, there were sellers. Every time we were down, there were buyers and finished, you know, not too, not too far off the flat line, which is sort of weird. Well, last night, last night we were up quite a bit. Now we're not up so much, so uh, we're still up some. We have Kevin. You do. Good morning. Um, good morning. Do you think there's enough news this morning? Um, Foot Locker's down about thirty percent, saying that they uh, nobody's buying any stuff for their feet, meaning shoes. All these retailers, well, not all, but a lot of them are really showing that I, I don't. You know, you can never. I try. I try to get out of the habit, uh, Kevin, of walking into a restaurant or store and observing the time you're there, whether it's raining outside, whatever, saying, oh, God, there's nobody here, or it's crowded, and taking some conclusion that everything is either fine or all screwed up. But I have been noticing less and less people. I mean, I'm not a big shopper, but everywhere I go, I'm seeing less and less people, it seems to me. I, you know, Again, I, I go at odd times, and who knows if I'm actually accurate or not. But I don't I mean every time we – restaurants, same way. I mean, are you, kids going back to school, stuff going on, picnics – Whatever they're they're not that full. I mean, you know, I the the family places, the pizza places, those kind of places, the Mexican places, they're just not that full. They're higher priced, and I don't, I don't, you know, like I say, you can't get a read out of it by just doing that. But it really doesn't surprise me that Foot Locker is not doing so hot yet, and they aren't. Well, follow the trend. I mean, you you can follow all of these trends uh, step by step. Um, So first of all, you know, school supplies are up twenty four percent. Yeah, year over year. You know, year well, over we, year. We know so. paper should be up, and so in papers and pencils, of course, is anybody use paper? Papers up, uh, binders, you know, three ring yeah. binders, spiral notebooks, all of those kinds of things are way up. Uh, so that that's a problem right now for a lot of families. You know, if you got if you got outfit four kids for school, um, that that's that's not a good thing, and it's not a good place to be right now. But aside from that, let's let's just back up the train a little bit. So we, we had a lot of spending. Then we saw credit card debt running up because all of a sudden people's cash flow was getting hurt by inflation. Um, so we started charging more things, and now we've seen the credit card defaults, and the only option left is to start cutting out anything that is remotely discretionary. Well, you know, what's Foot Locker? Let's wear those shoes a little longer and you know what we might be going and buying the shoes at uh you know the the walmart uh uh brand gym shoes instead of um instead of the uh the nikes at Foot Locker. um so it, it's it's really no surprise that you're starting to see that kind of erosion it's the um it, 
now it's the low-end retailers that are going to be okay for now um, but it's it's the people who sell more expensive or have more discretionary spending uh, tied to what they sell um, that are going to have trouble. Same thing in restaurants. You know what? If I, if I can't afford to go out as often, I'm not going out as often. Or if I can't afford to go as off, out as often, um, maybe it's the International House of Pancakes instead of a, uh, yeah. a neighborhood place. Well, we, you know, we last week, funny, we went out last weekend. You know, I take Audrey to dinner every Saturday night. So we go out. And on Sunday, I go to, you know, I run out of kind of supplies in the office and I cook breakfast every day. There's no place down here to buy breakfast still after the, after the you know, self loops fiasco. And uh, so Audrey says, well, let's, let's, uh, let's go grab some breakfast. I go, oh, I just put 200 bucks on breakfast stuff. What do I need to go out and give somebody $50 for an omelet for? Look at all this crap. <laughs> it's right here. I'll cook. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like going out, but I'm like, is it, was it really necessary? No. So there were four pounds of bacon and three pounds of sausage and three dozen eggs sitting right in front of me. Do I really have to go out and get sausage and eggs for 20 bucks somewhere or 15 <laughs> it, It's right there. I, you know, I'm saying it. It, it is a, it, it's almost like a major move. I mean, I was talking to the guy in the building here whose kid goes to one of these our charter schools on the south side. And he's doing real well. Uh, in fact, they were over and did some work this weekend in the place, and the uh, son is now helping him. He's a great kid, good soccer player. He's on a soccer team. Um, but evidently, they have to wear uh, really nice pants and, and a sport coat at this charter school. And he went out, and, the, the, you know, the kid's grown. So, the, you know, the, whatever, five or six... <laughs> pairs of khakis or whatever you need for the year and the, the new sport coat or two is you know it's, it's, a, it's a chunk of change but it's, it's not like it's a it's a it's a 40 dollar day in the store i mean it, you know i'm around a couple hundred several hundred probably i would think i mean yep. i mean like i say this is it's uh but this today the news all over the place is the european numbers are getting worse and worse and worse uh mortgage demand 28 year low Putin now yeah, says, you know what? You know what's going to happen? They're going to blame the European, the European economies for dragging oh, yeah. down the U.S. economy. It's well, not going to be our fault. Well, politically, you always want to, whenever you have bad news, you don't want to give people the bad news. But when you don't, look look at what has happened with the inflation because these buffoons denied it for three years, Kevin. If they just would have said two years earlier, God, it looks like we've got some percolating inflation, we wouldn't have to be where we are and still having problems. Well, they're denying it now. Yeah, they're you still know, denying, they're denying it. it now. If inflation's over, you know, it's uh, that that whole rate is falling. Yeah, complete denial of anything is is we all talk about on, on the show here. Complete denial of the idea that the price levels are at a uh, unmanageable level for most families, and uh, and so you can tell me it's only three <laughs> percent, but it's three percent is just piling on. But I, I know some of the people. I mean, and the one I watch most of the day is a uh, CNBC. Is, uh, and I because uh, we have Bloomberg on in the other room and so forth, but I I don't understand how the the, the people are. I mean, I know some of them, uh, you know, through John, uh, and they're they're clearly not dummies. Yet the this this constant brainwashing of uh, one of the ladies yesterday, last four days, Stephanie Link comes on and she constantly talks about, and she's bullish. She constantly talks about uh, prices are coming down. No, they're not. There, there hasn't been. I mean, how does somebody that bright get totally confused between the difference in inflation rates and prices? We have not had one month that I could see that we have. That you can argue about what the inflation rate is, but even the published rate, we have not had one month where that number has been zero or negative. 
So prices are not coming down. The rate of change of price to the upside has, has come down. I will agree with that. Well, it has come down, but that may be largely due to the denominator as well in the but, equation. Right, but that's exactly right. But I mean, the point is, there hasn't been one month. So to say the rate of inflation has come down from a year and a half ago is absolutely correct. To even hint that the prices have come down is not it's only wrong, it's, it's, it's preposterous. It's not, it's not even misleading. It's, it's absolutely stone-cold wrong. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it, Whatever. I mean, it's well, and the, re- the reason I bring up the denominator is because that, you know, I, I'd have to see the numbers. I'd really have to dive into the data on this one. But, uh, but it, could, it could very well be that the, uh, the, the dollars and cents increases in prices are still going up just as fast. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, it, 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 that's not subsiding. What's subsiding is, um, is the... Uh, um, you know that that the denominator, the the base rate that we're or the base that we're using from last year, uh, is just so high that the percentage comes out pretty good. But that doesn't mean that when when something goes up a buck, it was going up a buck a year ago too. It's just the you know the 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 buck was on a lower base price. Well, the example and and it's and it's very difficult. I mean, I, I, again, I constantly say that I wouldn't want to be the guy who put the CPI together, especially with all the pressure you probably get. Uh, but the the way the thing is set up, Kevin, it's it, it it's kind of set up, and I'm not so sure how how how, uh, how different you would do it if it was me or you. But you know, one example might be if you've got a, a bridge, you know, crossing from here to Indiana, say the Skyway Bridge, and there's not a toll on it, so it's it's nowhere in the index. And all of a sudden, somebody says, "Now maybe this, of course, you can get around that, but with a lot of traffic." But say you couldn't, and you had to use that bridge, and all of a sudden. Tomorrow it's twenty bucks each way. Okay, so now obviously it's forty dollars a day out of your out of your pocketbook to get to work, but it's not even in the index, so it, it can't run the index up. So now all of a sudden we put it in the index and we say, right, tolls are now, you know, whatever cost of uh, auto ownership just just became a bigger chunk of the index, and then those tolls don't go up for the next twenty years. Well, now they're actually a drag on the index when you never picked up the twenty bucks in the first place. I mean, I don't know how else you'd do it. I mean, I mean, for instance, if you since we don't even after COVID, well, all, all you can really do with that is you have to go back. You you have to have the uh, the data from prior years, and you go back and reinsert prior years into the model if you're going to add a new cost, because that's about the only way that you can do it. Now, some costs didn't exist in prior right. years. And I get that, um, but uh, but that you know that's one way to do it is you just go back to well know, the, to what the Brendan what the Johnson were once upon a time Brendan Johnson wants to uh, what is it quadruple or something I don't know what the number is he's, now he's negotiating the uh, real estate transfer tax I'm sure that's nowhere in the index well he's just trying to build in a penalty for leaving Chicago well he's also wants to, he wants to put it in at a price he just a slightly above he's ever going to pay for a house that's what all these people do. I mean, I'm not, he's like, I'm never going to buy a million dollar house. What do you say we put the number in a million bucks? Yeah, a lot. Of, so a lot of it is just the class warfare. It's sticking yeah. sticking it to the the people who have money, um, and 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 that's part of it. Um, but the, uh, the there is a real problem with the people who have money leaving. Uh, Without a doubt, uh, leaving the city, and so if you can make it a little more expensive to leave the city, maybe you can stave that off for a little while. 
Well, it's, it's although fun. although a lot of people with money do understand uh, the idea of capital investment and payback. Well, I, I don't the uh, this whole this whole concept of one group of people now just seems to want everything from from government. I I don't understand what this whole this whole thing with this Cicero flooding. All you have to do is listen to the. Why, why does every person that gets on TV have to go with this shrieking voice? Can't they just talk normally, or you don't feel you get heard that way? I, I get I get so tired of my ears getting drilled by these people. But uh, so they're shrieking about Cicero uh, floods more than any other place. No, it doesn't. I'm going to say the, the the area that's that flooded most <laughs> is probably my area, <laughs> the near north side. The thing's a hundred years old. Everybody, it, I mean, my basement got got absolutely torched by sewer water three or four times the first years I lived in. Finally, we spent like twelve grand on our, of our own money on a on a backup thing from the street. First, they put the retarders in the street, and that lasted a few years. And then somehow they got overwhelmed. And anyway, we ended up having to tear out the whole, got the whole ba- downstairs. Which cost a bunch of dough, and oh by the way, we put in this retarder, and it was like twelve grand or something. The total value of the deal was probably fifteen. Okay, so other people have had to deal with this themselves. You know, I'm not saying that the, the, the deep tunnel was supposed to stop all this, but but deep tunnel was never going to stop a nine and a half inch rain localized in an area. I'm sorry, it never was. Nobody can design that. And and by the way, we had nine and a half inch rains before. It's not just global warming. Uh, you know, we, the, the heat record we're going to break tomorrow, maybe, was set in 1947. Well, was, what did we do in 1947 to cause it? I mean, really? I'm not, I'm not denying that, th- that, that, you know, dirtying up the planet is not a good idea. Uh, that, I get that part. I, I see, and, and you're right, Tom. I mean, there, there is a basis for consensus here, and that is that a cleaner planet is a good thing. So why don't we just do that? Yeah. Because it, it, even if... Even if all of this stuff about carbon emissions is 100% right and needs to be addressed, it's going to be addressed incrementally no matter how you do it. If at all, because so, we're only, we're the rest of the world doesn't seem to care. Yeah, and the, you're right. Oh, well, that's okay. We'll just put up a, a dome or something over the U.S. Yeah. and everything yeah. will be fine. Or, or we'll go with that giant vacuum cleaner thing that they, uh, that they want oh, to yeah, do. Oh, what, yeah, what is it? You know, the, the thing that grumps me up about this and you know I'm sure I sound grumpy all the time grumps me up is the solution is always to give government money to somebody in some wild-eyed scheme I mean is it really the solution to have to give some guy like billions of dollars to have carbon dioxide vacuum pumps why don't we just plant like half a million trees isn't that the same thing they're better to look at too. better to look at too all right, so we got to talk about white sack. You, yeah. you, you do know that the the minute the, they're not going to build those in any of the nice places, though. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I would love to see, you know, if I if I had, you know, a whole bunch of money and I'd uh, love the next summer too too late this summer, I'd like to sign up about a hundred kids from high school that actually want to do some work, which might be hard to find. Uh, have a, have a, a We'll go out to we'll pick three or four square miles in the forest preserve, and totally clean them up. Get the, get the underbrush the hell out of there, which is creating carbon dioxide because termites and stuff are eating everything. This this comes from our buddy Tom Conway from NOAA, and actually trim stuff up. Go with a whole bunch of new growth. Test you know via drones or whatever the carbon footprint before and test it the next three or four years. I'll bet we could make a tremendous advantage. 
or in increment just in our little experiment. It has nothing to do with, you know, giving people bazillion dollars or some every, every crazy uh, notion known to man. I'll bet we could actually not only teach kids how to do stuff, plant stuff, have classes and all kinds of things, we could, we could, we could probably, you know, tag a few bases with, with a project like that just to see what we can accomplish. Maybe it's nothing, but so what? But well, but, but but isn't that how you find out if you're going to uh, improve things or not? Yeah. You know, that, that's another thing is we, we, we want to come up with these comprehensive plans and fully fund them to the tune of trillions of dollars without ever seeing seeing if they work. Wouldn't you want to do things on a, on a smaller scale trial basis? Isn't that that's how people run, you know, manufacturing businesses? Uh, so, yeah. Um, so you'd want to do that. Anyway, it's it, it's... We can't ever do anything like you know, that because we—it's it, got to be all kinds of money. It's got to be somebody yelling from some podium. It's got to be forty-five idiots in the way where they get their finger in a pie. If I did that, I don't want anybody in the way. I do—I'll do my own money. You—you you lease me these areas in the in the in the in the Cook County thing. I'll spend a million dollars a month, and I'll do the, I'll do the research. I don't want anybody in the way. I don't want a community organizer getting me the kids. I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want anybody's finger in the pie, except maybe yours, because you'd help out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and you say community organizer getting you the kids, um, it, you know that that's like trying uh, uh, that would be like trying to, um, you know, get volunteers to do union work. Yeah, They're, you're going to get a, oh hell no no that's union work I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know? so you're going to get you're going to get the same thing about uh, about recruiting the kids. It's going to be I'm sorry that's community organizer work. All right, so we got Putin now says that he's ready to end the war that was unleashed by the West and its satellites. Now whether he's smoking something there i don't know if, or is that a is that a positive development no nah, no nah, we took over the tanks and drove them in there and all of a sudden here he, here he was going what the hell happened yeah well then uh the white Sox, big news um we got all kinds of stuff going on today well, they have fired their president and their general manager yeah and we've got uh contributed to the show our, our, our lawyer buddy greg was woken up on saturday night by all the shots fired to block from his house on the north side where the guy pumped 17 bullets into some car uh, how we don't have 15 unmarked cars in that near north area every Saturday night, I have no idea, Kevin. How do we never catch any of these people? We got cameras, we, all the stuff, and no, nobody. How, how do Aren't you. glad we spent the money on the cameras. How, do, how does somebody do that at, a, at an intersection like Orleans and Chicago? Nobody get a plate number, nobody knows nothing. I, I mean, I just, I'm astounded, but I continue to be astounded every week. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say, astounded is a way of life nowadays. It, it, it certainly is. Uh, what did you make of, uh, actually, I think our, our friend Hal was a little wrong yesterday when he talked about the term uh, monopsony. Uh, monopsony, for those that don't know, a monopoly is when there's only one seller of goods. A monopsony is a market situation when there's only one buyer of goods. Uh, so it's kind of the opposite. But, uh, uh you know, well, here's what is an example. I don't know if there is any. The uh, um, government can be a, a yeah. solo buyer. Yep. Uh, and we have uh, Amazon now complaining people don't want to move as they move people around the country. Why would anybody move for a job at Amazon in an Amazon warehouse? What is so good about that job that we'd actually move for it? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Um, the, nothing at an Amazon warehouse. Uh, this this was I mean they're they're really on a slow ramp up in in Elkhart County here because of just that reason um, the uh, rate of uh, the unemployment rate is still fairly low here 
and the number the number of people you know who want to work is is low you know the numbers are a little different here than they are nationally and uh and that was always the question when they said they were going to hire a thousand people is where are you going to get them um and uh, so they're going to have you know to to really fully staff up that distribution center they're going to really have to bid up the price of labor but um yeah it, it's also the attractiveness of the job so you want to know where people uh, people would uh, move to uh, um, to get a to take a job that would be uh, in that type of a setting a distribution center is uh, Walgreens distribution centers yeah. and the reason the reason for that is Walgreens uh, they started in South Carolina and they're rolling this out through all of their other uh, um, other distribution centers now because it was a big success is they redesigned all of their um, warehouse systems such that if you have handicaps of a variety of time, uh, kinds, including some that are pretty substantial, you know, it's not just like, well, I, I, you know, I've got this minor thing with my back or something, and they and people with and without handicaps can work side by side with equal equal productivity. They they built their systems like that, and 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 they're they're you know in part they're solving a social problem. Uh, and, and that's a big deal, but they're doing it in a profitable model because when people come to work there, people who have handicaps, they don't leave. It is a place that is open, oh, yeah. that, well, that welcomes them, that fully integrates them, and gives them the satisfaction of having a job that pays pretty well and makes a sustainable, you know, make a sustainable living. And so, when you start looking at it in terms of look at a product term productivity curve for employees the longer they are are with you the more productive they are and when people when you have turnover you get uh, more employees on the low end of the productivity curve than the top high end of the productivity curve so as a result of having low turnover they have a much more productive work for, workforce and it's a cost benefit think, as well so it's a, it's, a, it's a nice thing to do but it is also a profitable thing to do i think uh walmart does some of that too I, I, a lot of people since uh, since they did that they uh, they've had a steady stream of visiting companies who um, are are uh, who have come in and said let's see how you do this so I and, and I think that's a good thing I mean that's that's you know I've I've talked about this before but the idea that um, uh, that the real solutions for social problems are going to have to come out of a profit model because uh, that's the only way you're going to scale it up. When it works in one DC, one distribution center, it's going to work in more, and so you're going to see more and more of it. Well, I would, uh, of course, wind around early in the morning like I do. Uh, last, I used to, when we've been, uh, we've been out in Michigan City more, or Ogden Dunes more often, the uh, town there is uh, Portage. And there's a big uh, Walmart there, and I'd go there, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, and there would be people, I don't even know what the politically, they're, they're functional, uh, but uh, it, it, once it, upon a time it was TMH. It was trainable, uh, trainable, mental, uh, trainable mentally handicapped. Um, but I don't know if that applies. I, I, first of all, I don't know if that's the term anybody uses anymore. And second is um, uh, I don't know if that applies to what you're describing. Well, there, there, there were guys there that had like I use the term a section, like a, like a janitor. Uh, in their section, the what, what was a uh, what was the, the disease the, uh, Dustin Hoffman had in Rain Man? Was it the... Uh, he was autistic. And uh, these these guys are... are some uh, he, he, uh, he, it, w it wasn't as simple as autistic, but yeah, that's essentially yeah. what he was. Um, but he, the uh, a lot of these guys, I mean, 
you could talk to them about anything in their section, and the sections were perfect. They knew every every product. I don't know that you could move them to another section. You know, I think that they they focus in on an area, and they actually know it better than any other person would. You know, it's like right. It, it is. It, it's it, a, it it's is a, the ability to. It is a very detailed. Uh, depending yeah. on where you are yeah. on the on the autism spectrum, and there, and that's how they refer to it is on the spectrum. But depending on where you are. Um, the the skills the the special skill set that goes with it is that you can focus for long periods of time and um, and and incredible detail orientation and so there's a company in the Chicago area called Aspiratech that um, that it, I think they're up to like 125 employees now they were founded specifically to uh, provide employment for um, for people on the autism spectrum and what they do is software testing they they have you know companies hire them to do software testing because their their people have the special skills to do really well at it well you know i mean I, i'm trying my best here not to generalize because like you say every everybody's different on the scale and every person's an individual but do some of the places where these people live when they don't live at home anymore the ones that are able to work do they I don't. I can't imagine all these people driving to work. I mean, maybe they do, but do they have like bring? Is there one of those there, homes going to bring three there, people? There are group homes available. Yeah, <clears> so I mean, is Walmart? Homes. Does the group home show up with four people in the morning to work at Walmart? I guess is my question. I bet some areas they do. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I do know there's there's a a company uh, here in, where I live, um, and it is called Reveille Transpo, uh, and because it was founded by a marine, and um, and they 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 do things like winery tours on the weekends and you know uh, trips to Chicago and all that kind of stuff. But they were founded specifically to get people to work, people who don't have reliable transportation and public transportation doesn't you know isn't around here isn't right. what it, what you're used to seeing in uh, um, Chicago where you can pretty much get anywhere as long as if you don't mind getting killed as long as, yeah as long as you don't get rousted um, and. Uh, uh, so you know it, that that was the reason for being and and um, the uh, uh, Ernie Ernie Rivas is the the guy's name who uh, who started it and Ernie um, would con- he'd sign contracts with the businesses who would get people there on time every day um, and the businesses benefited because it reduced their turnover rates because they didn't have people who couldn't get there and would you know. Yeah eventually get them out of there for two, you know excessive uh, missing excessive numbers of uh, work days or um, or for being late all the time so they you know the businesses would benefit and so they were willing to pay him for that and um, and he of course made money because he was operating in a for-profit model which I keep coming back to and the uh, and again people who wanted work like maybe in Elkhart County and lived in South Bend uh, would be able to uh, get to work so yeah, there are there are such arrangements, there are such services, and uh, and that's that's eminently doable. By the way, an example of an absentee is a is a company coal town, <coughs> where the coal company is the sole employer, therefore the sole purchaser of labor in the town. I mean, you know, there might be a couple other purchases of gas station attendant, but that's that's a, that's a definition. SP futures up nine, Nasdaq futures up twenty five. We don't know where we're going this week. Uh, tomorrow night, like Kenny was talking about yesterday, tomorrow night is the uh, Nvidia earnings which everybody's all over the place waiting for. Uh, first, they were going to be great, then the stock went down yesterday, and now it's up a little bit today, so everybody's assuming they're going to be good. The straddle's 50 bucks, which is 
uh, 10%. That's kind of a lot. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Hello and welcome back to Station Jacks. I'm Tom Owl. Andrew on the board. Kevin O'Neill with us. S&P futures up 8. Nasdaq futures up, up 20. A uh, couple of earnings notes here. Uh, Foot Locker. This is uh, a quick lesson here in uh, how, how the, some of these options have been trading lately. Stock is down 734 to 1586. So last night it was 23 bucks. Earnings are coming out in the straddle. It's a pretty high $3, which is like 15%. Boy, oh boy. It, 
that straddle is, is now what seven seven bucks seven fifty so you wouldn't want to been short that I mean in his last couple of years this is you know I don't have a big computer doing this but it seems like for my whole period of time in the business if you basically sold a straddle which most retail people shouldn't do and most of them can't do uh, or not allowed to do uh, if you did that over a long period of time you'd have some oopsies but maybe the sellers might have been the winners because a lot of people couldn't sell tell you what this last year or two I think the winner the, the people with long straddle have been the winners and that's kind of unheard of but Man, I don't know. I would never have thought about that thing at three bucks last night. But walking this morning, gleeful seven and a half. It's that's just crazy. Uh, said SP futures up seven seventy five. Nasdaq futures up twenty one. Dow futures up fifty three. In the Dow, we've got Microsoft up a buck and a half. Merck up one twenty eight. Uh, nothing else going crazy in the Dow yet. Over in Asia, we got the Nikkei up one fifty three point five percent. The Hang Seng up fifty four point three percent. But these rallies the last couple of days in the Hang Seng are not going to get them back to 20,000. These are not, not great rallies. It was 20,000 a couple of weeks ago. Shanghai down 41. That's 1.3%. So that's a that's a pretty big move for those guys. Uh, yesterday, we ended up down on 174. S&P down 12 and NASDAQ up 8. This is after being pretty far way up in the morning and then kind of way down and then back almost unchanged, which is, again, kind of a crazy day. To, if you're bullish or bearish, you were scratching your head. Uh... Over in Europe, we got the, the DAX down 23 cents. What do you say we call that one flat? Uh, FTSE up 47.6%. CAC around down 10.1%. Uh, the bonds are down 6 basis points, 4.25, 10-year. The Bund down 12 basis points, 2.53. Japan up 1 to 0.68. That's probably as high as we've seen that. Uh, oil uh, down a buck 17, kind of way under 80 here, 78.47. Brent down a buck 15, 82.88. Natural gas down two cents, two fifty-three. Arbob down four cents, two seventy-four. We've got gold up five forty, nineteen thirty-one. Silver up thirty-six cents. Silver's at a real nice rally here, over a buck in the last couple of days. Uh, we're long it, but uh, we were real long it last Friday night. It was nice when it going up Friday. It did not. Copper up two cents, three seventy-eight. We've got crypto up seventy-nine dollars. Bitcoin still languishing down here, twenty-five thousand nine twenty. And the story yesterday was the dollar. As the euro's down to 108, the dollar is strong yesterday and strong today. A British pound down 126. They're both down a point from where they have been for a while. Uh, Andrew, finally, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All right, it is a 6:39 here in Chicago. Starting off with some sports, uh, the Cubs lost against the Tigers last night. Uh, that was an eight against six game, and the White Sox, let's see, also lost against the Mariners. They lost six to three. However, the Dunbecks won over the Rangers, their game also 6-3. Here in Chicago, we are currently in an excessive heat warning. Uh, it looks like that's going to last throughout the day. We're currently at 77 degrees and sunny skies right now, but that's bound to change. We're going to have a high of 98 today, and that's going to hit around 4 to 5 p.m. And over in Phoenix, uh, they are currently at 82 degrees. It's clear skies. They're going to have a high of 106. That's going to hit as well around uh, 3 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, we got some red, but no accidents to report. Uh, looks like they're coming in on the inbound uh, Kennedy. Expect some delays all the way from about Austin Avenue to downtown. Uh, but otherwise, it's about business as usual. A little bit of heavy delays on the Stevenson near Central Avenue and on the Eisenhower near 17th Avenue on the inbound. Uh, but that's all there's, there is to report for that today. So back to you, Chief. Well, we've got uh, Peloton also getting its ass kicked this morning. Uh, they came out with earnings, and they're down 25%. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think anybody's bought Pelotons in a, a little over a year, year and a half. And the price of bacon is up 100% this year and going higher. That, so. That's totally unacceptable. It is. It's okay. Uh, that's it. That's it. Now I'm now I'm militarized. Yeah. I'm, and, and by that, I don't mean I'm threatening anybody with guns. Uh, just that you know, now I'm I'm a, a militant uh, protester because you cannot do that to my bacon. Well, that's right. I mean, look what it's going to do to my chili recipe. Well, you could. Uh, I suppose you could go with the bacon bits that are artificial, but you'd never do no, that. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. For those of you, uh, for the listeners, I uh, when I I make chili, I have uh, my recipe is bacon chili. I put about three pounds of it in the crock pot. Um, it's good, isn't it, Tom? I uh, I always put some in there, but there's variations. Um, Doctor yeah, J, there's, there is no other meat in there. It's just the it's just. Oh the really? Bacon. Yeah, I, I yeah. use the bacon, then I use a, about two thirds beef, uh, one third pork, with some bacon. Doctor J used some. Uh, Chorizo, uh, that got things like pretty greasy, I thought. And he didn't skim it. If you do that, uh, for those of you who don't, aren't big on chili, if you really want to do it right, you want to cook it the day before and then like put it in a, a cold garage overnight. So you don't want to skim the grease, but when it comes to the top, you want to take the, it off. Correct, Kevin? Yeah, I just dump a little in the chili. There you go. Just dump it in there. <laughs> a little more flavoring. A little, don't a little, be, a, little, don't be a sissy. This is not health food. That's right. This is not health. Actually, chili's pretty. Uh, well, you got beans and you got lean beef and tomatoes. I mean, what the heck? And you know, it, my my chili. Every time someone fixes a bowl somewhere in the world, a cardiologist says, oh, oh, "What was that? You I just th- felt that." The only thing you have to be careful of if you're going to leave it, you you got to have a you can't have a, a steel pot. Or cast iron, you got to use a uh, stainless steel because the tomatoes will eat away at night. The pot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what 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 about the white sacks? By the way, I, um, Andrew, uh, we have nothing better to do over there. Get me Jerry Reinsdorf's number so I could put it on my phone so I know it's him calling, so I know that I prepare myself when I pick up and say hello. Yeah. I'm sure Kevin and I are going to get the call. Yeah, I, I'm sure we will. <laughs> Tony LaRusso, however, is rested and ready now. Yeah. Uh, so, so they go that route. A- actually, the the interesting thing, and, it, you know, we, you and I talked last evening about it uh, real briefly, and I hadn't seen the announcement yet uh, at that point. And, uh, and I said, oh, I wonder if they have somebody in mind already. Um, By the way, for people who don't know what we're talking about, both uh, Williams and Han got booted last night. Yeah, so the president and the general manager got fired yesterday uh, for the White Sox. So uh, so the uh, leadership is open. And, of course, there is no way the manager will survive this, um, but they will, of course, let him manage out the season. Um, maybe. Th- that That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, maybe somebody, maybe somebody will come in and they'll just absolutely love him and think he's the greatest thing and just needed more guidance and and honestly as a first-time manager he did you know one of the things and I, we'll come back to the, the the replacement situation in a minute but one of the things that um, that Rick Hahn especially Hahn because he the manager reported directly to him did wrong is they they talk all the time about how bad the culture was and how the team lacked leadership well and and that Pedro Grafol, the manager, had recognized this. When there is a lack of leaders in the group, that means that the uh, the nominal leader, the person in charge, 
in this case, the manager, has to be way more hands-on with that kind of work. It's not all about strategy and making out lineups and all of that. It is, you know, it is, you've you got to manage the people, you've got to manage the egos. This was sort of the, the genius of Phil Jackson, as an example, as a, as a coach. Is It wasn't that Jackson was the best tactician in the world or the, you know, he, I mean, he always, he could delegate that to, you know, uh, Johnny Bach or Tex Winter or people like that. Um, he wasn't a great technician. His whole job was managing the egos on his team and, and getting everybody focused in the right direction and he was really good at that and you remember when he he was with the lakers he left them once um after winning championships there and they brought in some other people and the lakers weren't very good and then they brought back phil jackson and they were a championship team again it's because he knew how how to manage kobe and Shaq the first time around and he knew how to manage kobe the second time around he knew how to you know how to work through him develop you know and 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 manage the 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 team structure the the soft structure of the team so you go back to Rafal if he recognized that there was a leadership void then guess what buddy you're it yep. and if you aren't it then there's really a leadership void so well it also um, comes down to your well, who do you have as coaches are the coaches going to be guys that are are sort of leaders on top I mean, do you, I mean he's he's up there now but do you get a guy like Sarge Matthews as your hitting coach that knows how to win that has always been a leader when he played you get those guys as part of your coaching staff and, and maybe do it that way. It, it, it can be. Of, yeah. I mean, ideally, you're working through a, a handful of players. Right. Ideally, that's what you're able to do. But that's, you know, it, when, when you don't have that, then it's you, buddy. You're, it's your job. You know, you got to do it. So, uh, so that's where, you know, you, you might get somebody who would come in and say, uh, Pedro Gafol is a, a talented baseball guy. He just didn't get the guidance he needed, and maybe gets his the second year of his contract. I don't know. That's that. Maybe he'll never surface it. again, like Ricky Renteria, who did a nice uh, job. It, it, it could be. Yeah, yeah. It, it could very well be. So, um, so you have that problem. Okay. So, what we, we when we talked last night, I said, I wonder if he has somebody in mind. Well, the last the last sentence of Reinsdorf's statement said the White Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker to lead the baseball operations department and anticipate and boy Mr. We and anticipate having a um, an individual in place by the end of the season well if his search let me see the end of the season would be end of September unless he means the end of the World Series which is about isn't that is that done by January now? Yeah, but um, but, but you've got to you've got to make decisions on who you're sending in the summer league. What what condition is are the minor leagues in? They're all ending their seasons reasonably soon. I mean, are any are any of many good? Are they in the playoffs? I mean, there's a there's a lot going on here. I mean, yeah. in one of these what teams. I'm reading though, Tom, with, for that statement is they're kind of on a fast track here, which means they probably do know who they want to hire. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't know how what bad shape they're in. Uh, do you? How many draft picks do they have? The minor leagues. But I mean, the last couple of years, are those draft picks been any good? I mean, I, we knew who they were, but I, are they developing, not developing? Uh, um, it's sort of interesting. Did you catch the part about the uh, uh, the Angels now are bringing the Cubs like record record days in the minors? Only because how many guys got hurt that one time where they had to bring Nico Horner up from Double A? Just to play because they like needed a needed a guy, and he was right. Um, yeah, Velasquez was the same thing. He was he basically should have been in Double A and spent uh, a whole season with the Cubs. But but he was he was he was pretty good. You could tell he was going to be a player. He had baseball sense, but 
he was like 96 days or something in the minors, which was like a record for the Cubs or something. I mean, it must have there probably was a bonus baby back in the day, but uh, anybody remembers what a bonus baby was. But the Angels now have brought like three people up to the majors that like they just drafted this year, and I guess they're playing okay. But one guy was 23 days in the minors. I mean, sometimes you do that with a with a pitcher. Uh, I don't know exactly what this is, this is going to be over everybody's head because it's halfway over mine. In the 50s, maybe the early 60s, if you gave somebody a big enough bonus, didn't he have to be on your major league roster? It was a way they controlled everybody's salaries. He had to be on the major league roster for was at least the first 45 days or was was within the first 40, something like that. Those are, read uh, Al Kaline, Harlan, Harlan Killebrew, those kind of guys. They actually played when they were like 17 or 18 in the majors, right? Because they paid them enough to where they, they essentially said, if, if they're that good and you want to give that kind of a bonus and, and, I'll, and I'll bid all the other teams, you better put them on your team or something like that. Wasn't that the deal? We'll, 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 we'll figure that out for Friday because it's, it's yeah. actually very interesting. It's, a, it's an amazing historical artifact. The, the, the depths they would go to maintain their monopoly type of thing. But uh, yeah, any... any yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking at as 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 you're talking to. I'm looking at a list of the White Sox top prospects, and the highest any of the top ooh, fourteen are is Double A. Really? So they're because this team was was yeah, is and, it, and then and then when you get to Triple A, you're talking about eh, you know some guys that have some stuff that you know they they you know they they might or might not actually be prospects but all their best their best is a uh, shortstop named colson montgomery who's a double a now um the uh uh, uh is, is edgar Crick, uh carroll one of the guys well, that but this particular trade jake eater is for sure but the team we're um, looking at is supposed to have be incredibly young and incredibly good the, the team that's here right now i mean they got jimenez they got robert they got it's a shortstop i mean they, they had they had a young serious team they, last they year. They had a team yeah. that was in what they always refer to as the window for success. And, uh, and uh, you know, now those guys are all veterans. So what, you know, uh, uh, Luis Rob, uh, Robert is, I have to look him up uh, for the age, which I can do real But, quickly. I mean, the kid from the Cubs never plays. I mean, he was going to be a star. And he, and he he's, could be a star. He never plays. Jimenez, or his name is, uh, the third Eli, baseman. Yeah. The Eli third Eli baseman Menace. never plays. Mankata, shortstop plays half the time. And well, th- and when you say never plays, let's you know because we have listeners who are not who don't really follow the White Sox. Let's make sure we understand these are guys who spend a lot of time on the injured list, right? Um, and so it's like the injury do jar. You don't. You almost are afraid to have them uh, have a close play at first, you know, from the infield because they'll hurt themselves running it out. So yeah, as you look at there, you know Robert is is a genuine star. He's a, an outstanding player, and he's only 25. Um, but then you know Eloy Jimenez is 26, so he you know he may still be there. And he's you know he's he's gotten in 86 games this year out of you know uh, what I think Vaughn's played the uh, Vaughn and Benatendi have played the most 116, 108. So that that's what Tom means when he says he never plays. Moncada's played in 62 games this year. Um, so you get the idea with these guys. They are just not, they are not staying healthy. And if we were to go back and look at them, um, let's look at Moncada really. Well, before they, before they became totally awful when they traded people, they were losing one-run games every night. 
and probably you could one or two of your best players being out, that's one run, right? Yeah. So Moncada hasn't played a full season since 2021. And then before that, uh, 2018 and 19. Otherwise, 2021, that was, was the COVID season. Was there, was there even a full season? Um, he played 144 games that year. So they, well, yeah, they, they, I guess they did play a full season. Yeah, they played in front of cardboard cutout people. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, so weird. I was like, and, locked it on my mind. You know, Jimenez is, uh, is the other one who's injured a lot, and Jimenez has played um, the last time he played a full season, what I would call a full season, was 2019. He played 122 games. Since then, it's been 55, 55, 84, 86. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it, 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 when you start saying what, what position does he play, I say his position is injured list. Yeah. Um, his primary position is injured list. Well, Lance, what's Lance, Lance so, Lynn's won, like, four games for the Dodgers since he's been here? Um, yeah. Well, he's playing for the Dodgers. <laughs> you're yeah. going to win more. You're, you're going to win more games. Well, his ERA is what, 1.7? Yeah, he's, he's done very well since then. Uh, it just, it's uh, it, it, it just sort of, uh, now they're going to want a new stadium or he's going to move the team. You know, I mean, yeah, you know what? I, I think they're going to try and they're going to try and weasel something out of the city. But I, I'm, I'm guessing. How much not. more can they want but free? Or you know what they, you want to know what they want? They're they're looking at what the Bears are doing. They're looking what the Cubs. The Cubs have bought up so much of the neighborhood that they've created their own little in- entertainment district, and they're looking at what the Bears are trying to do, whether it's in Arlington Park or if they're going to. You know, if, if they think they can scam somebody I'm, uh, else into I'm, it I'm for I'm a better the... deal, they're going to build out this whole district around the stadium and have a whole lot of revenue from that as well. And that's where the White but Sox no, are. But the difference know, that, is that's what has them drooling. The difference is nobody lives there, and nobody wants to go there. That stadium should have been downtown here from the get-go. Anyway, we we talk about that for hours, but. Yeah, so so we go back to the White Sox. It will be interesting to see who they come up with. I don't have a lot of confidence for them to do it really well because they have not shown a good propensity for hiring people. So um, uh, so we'll see what happens. But maybe they'll do something splashy. You know, the Cubs did that according with Theo to, Epstein. According uh, to my buddy Bill Murphy, who I was with last night, uh, happiest man he's ever the happy he's ever seen him is Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy's so happy these guys got booted. I think he's been beside himself for the two years he's been in. Plus, he didn't like the fact that he got canned. Uh, well, he, he probably doesn't, although, you know, the, he's, he's sort of welcomed back. I mean, that, that is one of the good things about Reinsdorf is he is loyal to the people who, you know, have been part well, of his being working for Working for NBC after the game is not exactly welcome back. I mean, I, I guess well, he's allowed on TV. but I, No, I, I understand that. But but when you think about it, though, if the White Sox didn't want him there, he wouldn't be there. Well, they, I'm sure they get to approve the announcers. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, Kevin, we have uh, the big earnings is tomorrow with the NVIDIA. The market had the big uh, lousy last week and then the huge rally, really big rally on Monday. Yesterday, I, I, to be honest with you, I have no idea what yesterday told me, whether whether it means that the uh, the rally's on. We'll go back to the you know, highs this year on the same stocks that were down, the Microsofts and the, all the stocks that have been down, or or whether there were sellers above the market yesterday and then buyers below. I, it yesterday was a very confusing day. Just whatever price you planned on getting, going in there long enough, you pretty much got it. I, I'm kind of stunned at the at the movement in this in this Footlocker. To be honest with you, I mean, you know, seven fifty-five. That's a big number. Twenty-three to fifteen. I mean, you know, 
um, you know, same things happened to a couple of these other retailers, and uh, same thing happened to Dick Sports. And they're blaming it on shrinkage, really? Shrinkage. I mean, it yeah. shrinks. Yeah. I mean, it's, those guys got damn near, I won't say Monopoly, because, but there aren't, there's no sports authority. There's no, I mean, there's no real big sporting chain other than those guys, is there? Yeah, and, but, you know, people shop online now, too, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess. How do, how do you buy a baseball mitt online? Or, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, sporting and stuff, a lot of it you have to go see and feel. I mean, you can't swing a bat on a line. I mean, you and I are more about it. No, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, I'm very particular about bats, so. But I'm I saying was. the... the I, I was, now I don't care. <laughs> yeah, now I don't care, but, uh, I mean, I, you know, they... Let's say that, that business is nowhere near as competitive with the sports authority. Who are the other guys? There was another sports something-something uh, who had... Uh, but, no, I guess Walmart has, you know, and, and those people all have stuff. Yeah, uh, they do. Um, but uh, I mean, you're not going you're not going to go buy a real high-end mid at a Walmart. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't sell that much. Well, uh, but, but in this economy also... Uh, first of all, I think you can get a high-end mid at Walmart. But aside from that, in this economy, you're not going to buy a mid this year. You're just going to use last year's. Yeah, I suppose. Sorry, kid. It's yeah. you know, it's not in the budget this year. Yeah, I suppose. But I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. Is being you and I are, are seeing the the legs in some of the economy being pulled out, <clears throat> and yet airlines are putting more first-class seats in because more people want to fly first-class and have the dough. So really, it is a question. And, and of, fewer people are flying otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, so you know, if, if you if you turn right when you come out the front door, you get a whole different view of the of the world than if you turn left. You know, depending on the neighborhood you walk through. Well, so, something else to keep in mind too, because when you're talking about uh, sporting goods stores as an example, um, it, you know what what is happening with the shopping areas where they're located. Yeah, well, that's true. I think that's I think that's part of the equation. Is um, it, you know, it, 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 and and that that gets to be. You know that gets to be in part a safety issue that you're seeing in the cities, um, and uh, you know so so really as as you start to deal with all that kind of stuff as well, um, those are economic killers. How you know go to some cities, look at San Francisco. How many how many stores have closed in San Francisco? Anchor type of stores. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, when the anchor's gone, so you know everybody else is in trouble. Well, um, that is absolutely true. I I don't know what you know. Weird part, I get the. Uh, there's people that listen to Snacks and Jacks like all around the country, especially a lot of it in Phoenix because we used to be on the air out there. But there's people everywhere. You know, every once in a while we'll talk about Chicago and how dangerous it is. And I'll get an email from one of the listeners, and it'll be, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, it's ladies, more ladies listening than you think. Uh, be some lady from like Virginia will say, hey, quit talking about Chicago. There was a big shooting in our mall last night. I mean, it's not like it's just here. I, I don't, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it's not it's not just the Chicago phenomenon. One lady told me in in, uh, in uh, Arizona, somebody ordered a sandwich and they didn't have mayo in the sandwich and broke right through a drive through and shot the guy. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's there's stuff happening everywhere, Kevin. It's a, it's a total tone change in how people live. I mean, I, I talk to young people today and I'll say, you know, when I was 12 years old, I'd hop on the L and come downtown for you know to go to a little movie, and they'd say, you did what? I mean, the, the the freedom there's the freedom now is way less than we had. I, mean, I am pretty sure that Joe Biden promised to restore civility. Yeah, well, I don't think that. I'm not sure anybody could do it in two years, and I sure know he can't. I, he well, I sure know he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't even tried. I, I don't. I would. You know, 
you know, I don't know how much he is involved in the crookedness stuff. I mean, obviously, we we all get all kinds of stuff from the listeners and everything. I I think the, I think the guy. I don't know. Somewhere along the line, Kevin, with the him taking the train back and forth, he started to see how much everybody else in Washington was making by doing nasty stuff, and somehow he got co-opted. Even if he ever started out right, and now I don't I don't think he has a the ability to think through a, a project to put the right people on it and see it and see it to its fruition. I really don't. I don't. I mean, I just don't see him. I don't know. I don't know who's his manager, but somebody is. And I just, I just it really, it, uh, it's not like I want to go with a, um, I mean, a Republican for, maybe depending on who it is, I certainly could vote for, for the man. But I mean, I thought George Bush was a managed kind of guy too. I mean, I, I think that his dad at least. Yeah, but I, not, not to this degree. Though. No, but but he had his people behind him. I mean, they, I mean, he he had one group that says you can't raise taxes. He had another group that says we got to go to war. In Iraq, because maybe somewhere we're going to get some oil and other stuff for some people, and here we are. How many years later, we have an inflation problem? Well, it all started there. It all started there, and then and well, the other guys just kept going. Whoever's managing Biden, though, is not. They don't have the sense to tell him to not be, not come off as so damn angry all the time. Well, that's and, true. And and to not at every turn talk about. You know, I mean, it, he can't say he, he's he's sort of like George Allen was with the. Uh, um, with the Dallas Cowboys, where George Allen reportedly never said Dallas Cowboys, he always put a, a, a God, a God, uh, goddamn in front of Dallas yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. Um, but um, he, you know, he can't say Republicans without saying MAGA Republicans. I, I wonder if he even knows what MAGA stands for. Yeah, but you know, the whole idea is to create a division. See, so this is you know, we've talked about othering before. This is always divide. Always, you know. It's it's the others, the other people, the other guys' fault, um, and th- this is not uh, this has not been healthy for our country, and you know it, if if we ever if we ever get the uh, philosopher king, the person that comes in and manages to uh, to actually be a real leader, um, then we'll have a chance. We but need- I I just don't know. I, I'm not even sure that we uh, um, that we have the followers to pull it off. No, I uh, I, I mean I don't. Somewhere, and I know this is incredibly old school, whoever it is that someday hopefully saves us, I want that person to be able to stand in front of, you know, not just me, but a whole bunch of people, I'm going to use my, I'm going to age it here, with a blackboard and be able to put up five or six things that he plans on accomplishing in the first few years, where he sees the biggest problems and how he's going to get there and who he's going to have help him. I don't think any of these guys have any capability of doing that whatsoever mentally, whatsoever. I don't think him or Trump. May, maybe the guy in Florida is that smart, but uh, but I don't I don't know his personality well, isn't the best, you know. But he probably yeah, isn't. I don't think his personality is awful either. But he do, he doesn't he doesn't pick his fights well. But they. Um, it, yeah, it, it's definitely not Trump. Trump makes god awful hires, you know, and and probably the worst and and contributing to his own demise was Christopher Ray. Um, well, some at, somebody at has the to, FBI. So we got a dash here uh, to get Russell, but so, somebody somebody has to deal with this health care problem in terms of the cost. So you can't have three nights stay in a hospital be more than a median salary for somebody. For and, and you don't think the former CEO of Merck was the right pick by Trump to uh, fix it all? No. I mean, uh, <laughs> the, honestly, the, the only person I think, I mean, maybe he's getting up there too much, the only person I think has a mindset to actually 
go problem problem the problem is probably Mitt, Mitt Romney, but nobody wants him because he's not extreme enough. But I mean, in terms of solving no, I, problems, and I actually think he's turned into kind of a jerk. But well, that, I, I think yeah. he might have too. But in terms of a mindset, he at least he's at least solved a problem or two <laughs> in his lifetime. You know, he has some history. Where you know, I whatever. I'm just SP Futures up six. Going to watch debates tonight. No, okay, no. Are you going to watch the Trump interview? You're going to watch the Cubs. Um, I'll probably watch the Cubs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, futures up twenty. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll get all the highlights of the other stuff, and we'll let. Yeah, and I'll then, be teaching business law till nine o'clock. Oh God! <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, you should have uh, Lou call in business law because uh, I, I may get Lou to call in, and uh, I've had John Flanagan in before to talk real estate law. Really? And I and I have a local judge that comes in, and I got uh, you know I've got somebody from a uh, local accounting firm that talks governance. I got my speakers. You've done it before oh, yeah, for me. Yeah, and I do it again. We'll be right back. Uh, Professor Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com, that's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. 
Hello, North Bay Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamao Andrew on the board. SP Futures up eight. NASDAQ Futures up 30. We were up more than that, and we're slinking back a little bit here, but still up, still up everywhere. Do we have the professor? No, oh, I, I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't say about the break. It looks like we don't have him just yet. We have to try and, why don't you try and track him down? Get, get well, on uh, that. I will, uh, he, uh, he usually calls in early because I just talked to, uh, Kevin. Um, I'm going through this UPS contract here, and, uh, it seems like it's a uh, pretty good do for kind of the labor from kind of where they were. Uh, we're going to have um, part-time guys are going to go from 15 and a half an hour to uh, $21 an hour because uh, they like to keep they always have liked to keep people part-time because they have a bunch of benefits and stock ownership and other kinds of stuff that piles in when you're full-time. So they used to be the game they played was to try and keep people part-time. That's always why it's a big part of the uh, of the, because I mean now, their full-time workers are going to average forty-nine dollars an hour. Uh, will will average at the end of the five years, which um, you know there's a big difference there. If those guys are making forty-nine, the other guys are making fifteen fifty. Uh, you sure as hell don't want a lot of people getting full-time. So that was always the. That's why mo- most labor negotiations you don't really have this uh, big um, issue between full and part-time. Uh, but these guys. Uh, I mean, you do, and in this time, I think the uh, the company. Uh, well, I think this is a pretty good agreement. I really do. And I remember when you talk about salaries, um, a normal year is two thousand and eighty hours. So, twenty bucks an hour is, is forty thousand bucks, roughly. So, somebody's making fifty. That's a hundred grand. Um, so, your part time people, um, if they work forty hours, which I guess they work forty hours, they wouldn't be part time. But say they work almost forty hours. We're talking uh, forty thousand a year, um, which, you know, is, is better than it was. Uh, but it's, you know, is it? You, you're not you're not buying a house in today's world with that. Uh, it, you know, so you have to constantly be looking at these prices and and where they are and where they come from. And now these numbers they're talking about the full time worker is going to average one hundred and seventy thousand a year and in benefits and everything else, hospitalization a whole bit. Well, that's five years from now. Okay, so. It's, you know, it's a lot of dough. There's no doubt about that. But it's it's not it's not today. But it's it's uh, five years from today. And um, no, but it's it, I think it's uh, the the stock. On the other hand, I mean, we have. Uh, I mean, most people know that I manage a lot of uh, uh, or have had had a lot of UPS positions because there's a lot of people in the Chicago area that have retired from UPS and have a whole bunch of stock. A lot of them want it managed in such a way where they you know either want to do maybe some covered calls or some puts or something on that depending on the person I mean that stock has been I mean a couple of these accounts we got three years ago and the stock was 208 now it's 170 up three dollars this morning so I mean this stock has been nothing but go pretty much straight down over a, a multi-year period so uh, you know and these guys they 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 transport like five percent of the GDP every day I mean that's how big these guys are and uh, and they have always been uh, the leading, I mean, you know, I'm not just I'm not a commercial for UPS, but they've always been. If you look at their trucks and the iteration of their trucks, it's kind of fascinating because everybody knows I look at this kind of goofy stuff. Every time they come out with a new truck, it's it's yet another masterpiece of design and how people get in and out of it very quick. They were the first people back in the God, like in the 70s. People don't remember this, or people weren't around. Uh, they came out with radial tires, and the idea was radial tires actually saved you. you know, Five to eight percent, or something, on gas. Within the, the first year, UPS went; they totally outfitted the fleet with not how many gazillion 
radial tires there was. And uh, they, I mean, they, they've been on the cutting edge. They also have uh, like one of the first to, uh, when they do their routing, they want people making right turns, not left turns. I mean, it's they, in terms of logistics, uh, these guys have always been pretty much on the cutting edge. Because for those that I was in this uh, class at University of Chicago, um, integer programming and network flows. Okay, now what what you say? What were you doing in that class? Good question. What was I doing in that class? It was me and five or six people who already had their PhDs coming, and we're going to go work for like Mobile or Exxon or someplace. Because a lot of people do that kind of stuff when you figure out in a, in a refinery how much how much oil with all the different products and the type of oil in there and all the different things you can do with it. Somebody has to push all the buttons to get just the right amount of gasoline, diesel, and whatever else you get out of the oil to maximize the amount you get at the pump, pumps or supplies or whatever you use. It's, these are fascinatingly complicated fields. I mean, and uh, people who do this stuff really know their bleep. I mean, it's 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 amazing. But one of the one of the problems that for years and years was never really solved, and I think somebody finally solved it somewhere in the time in the mid seventies. Uh, was called the salesman coloring problem, and uh, the uh, you know if you can't find Russell, why don't you see if uh, Carl's up? He's, if he's up, he'll, he'll pile on. Yeah, I will look out for because I'm unusual for Russell. I hope he's okay. He's usually always in. Plus, I wanted to ask him about all these monopoly questions that Hal brought up yesterday. But uh, Carl, Carl, if you can find him, he'll pile in, um, or maybe Mr. Flanagan. But uh, yeah, it, to to route some, if you were to say to somebody or a normal human being, okay. Uh, Say Andrew, you got here's your here's your truck. Here's 50 stops you have to make today. Here's 50 addresses on a map. For you to try and figure out which is the what order you should go in to make it the least your time to be able to finish <laughs> during your shift and least amount of gas, least amount of hassle. Uh, for you to to find the shortest route to hit all those places together is one of the most the hardest problems ever in math because it's not really mathematics it's kind of this gray area of uh it's not the kind of math we all learned in school where there's an answer you know four times four is 16 that's the answer i mean you learn you learn decibel and you learn you know the trigonometry and geometry and you know how to design a deck you know how to design a building and well this is different because there, there's no computer you can kind of put this in and says well it's obvious this way dummy so what they end up doing is there's they have to keep trying different routes and pivoting back and forth. And it, it's incredibly complicated. We used to design this stuff in this class. I wasn't very good at it. But we never actually solving it with, via computer was beyond the scope of the class. So it's, it's, a, a, it's, it's sort of like routing airplanes. It's right. These are real serious problems with real serious uh, cost implications if you don't do it right. And UPS has always been on the... That's why when you when you when you see like you know somebody like Amazon with trucks all over the place now, saying well well you know we we can do better in UPS boy guys you know maybe you will but they they got quite a head start and they're not dummies I mean their trucks are are the most efficient they can find uh, they, they got everything in there has has been tested out a bazillion times not not that they're perfect and they know the routes they know I mean it's for you to compete with them and say well they they make ten percent return we're going to make thirty. Man, oh man, I, I, you better have a, you know, some kind of a, of a, you know, a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow because they're they're not bad at what they do. They've been doing it forever, and it's uh, so I mean a lot of a lot of what these companies do, even though we always look at just the prices and the stock prices and should we invest in them, 
you know, it's pretty fascinating to actually go through this stuff, but I'm happy these guys didn't go on strike. We sure as hell don't need that. And the people on strike, I don't think ever really, they missed two, two or three months' pay, never really uh, recover from that. So I think what these guys got themselves a deal. It looks like both sides are, are sort of uh, okay with it. And uh, I don't know, we'll see if uh, the Amazon people pay up that, that amount. I mean, uh, I don't think they're unionized, but... Uh, you know, they they got to be looking at these numbers. The UPS going, hey, the guy's doing the same job I'm doing. What's going on with me? So, and I don't know. I don't know what the Amazon people uh, uh, make. No, in regards to the the market, some of these, when you look at, I mean, I don't encourage everybody to be an option trader, but this, when the the beauty about or the fascination with options, to me, is always the 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 price sends a message. You know, and when you look at uh, especially in earnings plays. When I say earnings plays, earnings days, because if you were to go and, and read something up on the uh, you know, option pricing models, you know, whatever, whichever one you're using, Black-Scholes was the first and all the rest of this stuff, the first, one of the first assumptions is we're going to assume a steady stream of information. Okay, well, everybody knows that that's not the case. Uh, most of the information that's not a steady stream, you don't, you don't really know about. I mean, if, if tomorrow... You know, the government comes out and raises rates, lowers rates. Uh, I'm going to say some people might know, but we'll leave that conversation alone. But for for us, uh, those are those are unknowns. Um, any other kind of an announcement that the company, you know, whatever, they're closing this plan or opening a new plan or doing something, something, they got new financing. All that stuff continues, but it's still not steady. It's not like one one bit of information every day. But the one you know is an outlier is the earnings day. So that's the day when everybody decides, okay, we know we're going to get this piece of information that's going to at least drive the stocks you know, dramatically uh, today and maybe, and maybe a lot further. And I'm going to look here where uh, I'll find NVIDIA on the screen here. I don't normally do this, but I will. Uh, the NVIDIA is trading. You know, this is, you know, these guys are the be-all end-all in AI chips at some point. Now, whether they actually uh, be, remain that way or not, I mean, you know, who the hell knows? But, but they, uh, they may, they may. But right now, the stock's trading. Uh, it's up 312, 459.80. Let's, let's call it 460. Well, last night, now, the the straddle for this week. Now, these are options that expire this Friday. The 460 puts are 26.80, and the 460 calls are 23. 80. So let's say 50 bucks, roughly, that people are thinking is, the, is essentially the, the average view of the world of where this thing's going to move tomorrow night after earnings. That's, that's a lot for a stock this size. It's about 11, 11.5%. That's a big move. So that we're not talking about a, a discrete event. Uh, or, I mean, we're not talking about an event of information that comes out like every day. We're talking about something that's going to come out tomorrow, and guess what? The stock, you know, if I were to do an earnings play in here, I might say, I don't know where it's going to go. I'll, I'm going to bet it uh, stays at 460. All right, well, you know, I might be right, I might be wrong. But uh, that's probably the best estimate because that's worth trading right now. But look at the, the, the option, option prices. It, it's, almost like, it's almost like car insurance in some ways. I mean, you go in and you buy a, you look at the vet, and you go, hey, the vet's uh, 80 grand. And you say, well, I can handle that. And the guy goes, yeah, but it's five grand a year to insure. And you go, wait a minute. 
Well, same thing with, with option prices. You look at the prices and you're saying this is what the world is deciding this movement is liable to be. Andrew, I heard a beep in there. Do we have somebody? Uh, no. Oh, oh wait. Got uh, Greg Greg Pappas, excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, is joining the Zoom call. Hey, Greg, what's up, man? Looks like he's still connecting. He's still connecting, connecting, connecting. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, so you, you look at these kinds of things, and this is what, that's the beauty of, of, even if you never trade them, just looking at how they get priced on any certain days gives you information regarding the company. How we doing? What's up, man? How, Greg? I figure I figure I call and say hi. Yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. We're talking about option pricing, and we're kind of talking about this fiasco in Foot Locker down 750, like 30%, and how the straddle, so, straddle is only three yeah. bucks. So yeah. what's their uh, current market cap? Where did uh, it go from? Well, I don't, from from a hundred percent to to seventy percent or, or ninety. I mean, it, stock was twenty three dollars. Now it's fifteen. I mean, it's a that's a move. Yeah. Um, earlier, you had mentioned how the straddles actually uh, buying straddles might have made money this year, which is completely out of the ordinary. But uh, anybody who's selling premium now, you know, after this elevated level, is probably going to have. A, a way better shot at at picking up, you know, or at least keeping most of that cash. So, but we've seen know. some some really fat ones. I mean, what Walmart at one point was was double the straddle, and we've we've seen a lot of double the straddles, which you never yeah double double the straddle meaning you're catching the people who are pricing the options for the future off guard. Yeah. So whatever they're whatever they were making the markets, you know, if they were pricing in a five percent move or eight percent move, and then all of a sudden it hits and it's ten, well, they've got a delta problem, and that just means all of a sudden they went from neutral, meaning they're not going to make or lose that much money. They just captured the edge they want to to all of a sudden they have a capital loss and their accounts in trouble. So that sometimes creates more problems within the market makers, and and it amplifies as it gets farther out of whack. Well, to carry through on what you just said, if if the if the well this one they're both playing almost the same amount, so the say they're both say twenty six bucks. Well, if if you sell the put and sell the call at twenty six bucks, and all of a sudden the thing moves fifty bucks, well it moves in one direction. Either your put or your call that you're short is now fifty dollars, and if it keeps going, you got a real problem. So. You're going to be scrambling right. to From cover From the market that. maker's yeah. perspective, um, what what we normally try to do is put on uh, put on a position in that where if it moves less than you expect, then you're collecting a little bit of money. You're not necessarily looking for uh, directional risk, meaning long or short. You just want your position to expire kind of worthless, and then you're happy with that. Now, when you start getting moves in your underlying like this, your your stock position that you have to hedge the the option positions starts changing more than you've collected and then and then you have to reassess at that point what your opinion is and and if you're going to do more or get out well that's right plus you become a the thing the thing you don't want to do is really and i've seen i've seen guys do this if it moves against you you cover the put say it moves way down all right so you you cover the put and you leave the call out there and say this this is going to go out worthless. Don't worry about it. All of a sudden, the thing turns around and goes the other way. You know? Right. That's <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, non mechanical. That's kind of taking a directional uh, yeah. play. And what 
what the market makers or whoever you're doing the trade with in the beginning, what they're really looking for is call it maybe a couple bucks. They're not necessarily making looking to make uh, $10 a contract or whatever. They're, they're looking to capture the volatility spread and then have their stuff expire worthless. Now, when the, you see the bigger moves, that means that that they were wrong in their impression and they were wrong to put on that option position, meaning it's moved now. If they were planning for a $5 move and now all of a sudden it's 7 their account, uh, <laughs> you've yeah. eaten through that premium that you've collected and all of a sudden you've got a new position that's that's wreaking havoc on your, well, now your you have account a very, that you have a very, used to be delta neutral. Well, if you, yeah, if you sell both of them, you're essentially delta neutral. But once it moves off, the 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 strike we're talking about. Once it moves off the sixty strike, you're no longer delta neutral. Now, if it comes off ten or fifteen bucks and you sold it for fifty, you happily put a a bid in on Thursday morning to buy it into thirty two, and you're filled. Right? You make eighteen bucks. And you say thank you very much, because now now the volatility now it's no longer a volatility play. Now it becomes a directional play, which you don't want. What you're saying right. is so if yeah. you take a look at what uh, the Footlocker uh, call it, the at the money straddle. When it was trading twenty three, was three bucks. And you look at, yeah. And now you look at the straddle. Now I bet you it's very similar, because the even though the the market cap and the stock price has gone down a bunch, the volatility level has gone way up. So well, we won't know that till it opens. But I'll, I'll bet that when it opens at sixteen, I'll bet the straddle is a buck and a half. But it's a different straddle. <laughs> it's not right. The, it's not the twenty three. Yeah, it's the sixteen. It's you, not the twenty three anymore. It's, yeah. And that's just a, a function of all the essentially market makers resetting their their options. Well, if you'd so, have sold a 16 straddle, you'd be fine. Right. So, <laughs> but who would have done if that? You, if, you, uh, if you're all of a sudden planning on bigger moves now, well, the option prices in the future are going to reflect that. So if you've got your September and, and your, uh, I think September 15th is the next big expiration. So that that's what they're probably looking at right now and saying, well, are we going to get another $6 move? And and then you'll see the you'll see the at the money straddle kind of estimate that that next move that they're going for before the the 15th. Well, after a break we'll we'll talk about we don't have to go just yet, but now now the question comes down, we had Dix yesterday and Dix dropped, you know, a boatload, right? Uh, we, yeah. we had a Peloton, which, you know, as Kevin says, nobody buys a Peloton anymore, and it's down 25%. Now we see these guys, Foot Locker, down 30 Now, what does it tell you if tomorrow you're, you're, you're talking about a retail stock? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to look and see on the break here where Kohl's is. Now, tomorrow, if, you're, if you see moves like that, I mean, I'm going to get the earnings list tomorrow, and I go through every one because I, there's a lot of uh, positions I like to put on in there. Uh, but... Now, I'm going to say, okay, the straddle's five hours. I'm not so sure I trust it. These guys have been wrong now for a month. They've been, they've been too light on these things. Now, it's, it's going to affect my thinking, but I have, I have no way of knowing whether I'm right or wrong. It, it seems to me, Greg, that the, that the that, uh, I used to call it way back before you were even born on the floor, they'd call, they'd, if a stock just opened, was one day was 80, the next day it's like 50, they used to call it the trap door. It's just all yeah, that's a good analogy yeah. right there. Or, or, <laughs> it's just I don't know, it's just different. Metaphor. Yeah, but I, you know, so I mean, now what? And my question to you after the break is: if you're if you're doing these types of positions, and you're a market maker at you know one of the bigger firms that actually 
um, you know, makes market. You don't you don't control the prices, but you make the market. I'd be reluctant to have my traders take a big position on earnings when I see a moving like this. You know, for you see what you really want to look at in terms, say, if you look at Foot Locker, and it was twenty or sixteen or whatever. Take a look at the implied volatility calc on the on the uh, on the display. And you can see exactly how much the market makers are expecting the stock to move, you know, for the next year or so. And then you can back into the monthly calculation from that too, if if it doesn't show you on the on the actual. Well, there if are, it doesn't show you on the platform. There are times when it's almost it's almost creepy that I'll go through, you know, fifteen earnings on a day. Uh, my brother goes through them, but I go through them more. Uh, come up with the trades. And uh, go through, and you'll see the straddles six bucks, and this one the straddles nine bucks. The next one the straddles four bucks, and the next day, lo and behold, one move four, one move six, one. The, the market is usually w- almost eerily correct on a lot of these things. Yeah, that's the good thing about being yeah. in America. Everything is pretty much <laughs> pretty much transparent, and there are a bunch of rules, and you get a huge, deep, liquid market. So. Seventy uh, percent of the time, I would imagine that we're going to be pretty, pretty right. The other thirty percent, who knows? But when it starts to seemingly have a streak of them that aren't even close, like this week, uh, what does that, what does, what does that tell you? I mean, I, I'd be very reluctant to sell a smaller retail straddle today if there's one around. I'd be very reluctant to do that. I'm going, whatever everybody's thinking that these ten percent moves really are, are twenty-five and thirty. It, that's a big miss. I mean, yeah, it, well, if it's Foot Locker, but it, but it happened was at Walmart an earnings thing ago. We had clunked in there. Isn't it was up? The thing was up like like fifteen twenty percent, and then the straddle was uh, was like four percent or something. It was was it was a massive beat. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's yeah, been going on a while, in, especially in the retail area. Walmart's volatility is probably what a fifth of <laughs> or oh, a yeah. third of. Uh, I mean, they're. They're, I wouldn't expect them to move nearly as much. Maybe you know they move ten percent, and that's well, that's but more it, realistic. I think their volatility right now is probably about sixteen or so. Well, the um, ones that absolutely bite you in the behind, though, are the ones that never move and then do because they're priced to never move and then they do. It's like it's like yeah. I mean, you know that, and then so the uh, you get it, caught off guard. You know that in the currency moves or in the euro dollar. I mean, the thing never moves, and all of a sudden one day it moves, and you're like, wow, how did that happen? Because it's right. priced, it's priced to not move. Like if you, and if you sell Nvidia the straddle at fifty bucks, and it moves forty-five hours, that's a huge move, and you're a winner, right? Right. But, but in, if it's priced Nvidia at ten dollars, yeah. subset. In, right. Nvidia almost trades like a commodity. Yep. It's so volatile. To give you an, uh, give you some context, um, currency volatility is normally around seven, yeah. seven to ten. Um, I'd say the, the. Equity volatility you can see in the VIX is is normally around twenty or so. You can see sometimes Nvidia at at sixty plus at seventy, and and that's that means that your underlying your asset can move seventy percent in a year. I mean up or down. So I mean that's as as risky as it gets. That's higher than Bitcoin. Right. So, well, we're gonna go to break. We come back. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's dig more into the theory. We haven't done this one. Let's dig more into the theory in this. Uh, SP futures now only up 275. NASDAQ futures up 12. Also, I want you to opine on yesterday. Was that a good day for the bulls or the bears or neither? I think maybe neither. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Back, stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Howell. Andrew on the board. We have Greg Pappas with us. Neither one of you guys obviously uh, renewed your Peloton. Uh, whatever that thing is, you got to pay for the month. Look at the stack going down. We have Dow Future up 31. Individual stacks, uh, not much. Uh, Nike, uh, Nike down 384. Uh, they must be, it's part of the bootlocker news, I would imagine. I don't think they had earnings last night. Merck's up 307. Uh, as the healthcare stuff still seems to do well, and the pharmaceuticals, they seem to run the world. Uh, I guess that's an editorial comment. Uh, Nikkei up 153.4%. Hang Seng up 54.3%. But... Not much of a bounce off this huge couple down days last week. It was almost 20,000 and then low 17,000. Now it's coming back up in the 17,000 range, but still. Shanghai, however, down 42. That's 1.3%. 
They're trying to head. They're heading toward 3,000 again. I don't know if they'll make it. Well, they bounced off it last time. Uh, yesterday in the U.S., like I said very mixed bag. Depending on what, what part of the day you looked up, was either bullish or bearish. Down ended up down 174. S&P down 12. Nasdaq eked out, eked out an eight-point gain after being up 100 and some points in the morning. The uh, over in Europe. The DAX is down 4, and I'll call that flat. FTSE up 50.7%. Kick around down 3, call that flat. Uh, so uh, FTSE's up, the rest of them are not. Uh, bonds up uh, down four, 5 basis points, 4.28. The Bund down 9 basis points, 2.56. That's a pretty good-sized move. Uh, Japan up 1 to 0.68. Oil uh, down 133, well under 80 here. 78.31. The Brent down 133, 82.70. Natural gas up a penny, 257. Arbob down 5 cents, 273. So Arbob's down like 20 cents from its high. So hopefully we'll see that at the pumps soon. Gold now up 860. That's a pretty good move, up 0.5%, 1934. Silver up 47 cents. This is a three day rally for those guys. 2392. We're long silver, so that's good. Copper up 2 cents, 377. We've got Bitcoin uh, up 59 bucks, but still 25,900. Uh, did not make back hardly any of the 11 or 12% move last week. And we have the U.S. dollar, which has been moving. It's been moving to the upside. We got the euro down again today, the dollar up. Euro's at 108. We've got the British pound down almost a whole percent. We're down to 126. Those are big moves in the dollar here. Uh, Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Cubs lose. Sox, yes, they do. Sox lose everybody. Yep, they both do, except... Our friends in Phoenix, they won. The Diamondbacks won against... They're in, uh, they're in Fuego. They're on fire. Yeah, they won against the Rangers. That's who it was. 6-3. Uh, to three. Uh, Moving over to some Chicago weather. It's currently... Sorry, there we go. It's currently 79 degrees. We have mostly sunny skies right now, but that might change throughout the day. Uh, we are an excessive heat warning. We're going to have a high of 98, and that high is going to hit around 5 p.m., over in Phoenix, they're currently at 82 degrees, so you have clear skies. They're going to have a high of 106. That's going to hit around, also around 3 to 4 p.m. And they're going to have a slight chance of rain, looks like, going into the uh, nighttime, about 24% at 12 a.m. and up to about 50% at 3 a.m. Uh, but finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, looks like still no major accidents to report, thankfully, but uh, we are certainly pretty heavy in the red. Um, looks like on all inbound expressways, expect delays from... Nearly the start to downtown, if you're on that Kennedy, uh, Austin Avenue downtown's looking pretty rough. And same thing with uh, Eisenhower on the 17th all the way to downtown. Uh, so no specifics to report, just uh, going to be a pretty slow one if you're coming in today. So that's all I got. So, you, so Greg, did you, were you aware that India has become the fourth country to land on the moon? I know that, who was trying to, I think Russia was trying to. Yeah, well, they crashed that. there, yeah. <laughs> they crashed there. I guess they, they still were trying land. to beat India. Now, could you could you actually say you landed on the moon if you crashed on the moon? I uh, yeah, you landed. That's for sure. Yeah, you a little a little hard, like the like the Fed. It was a hard landing, not a soft landing. Hard landing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. By the way, on the break, I looked it up. Um, what was it? Nvidia is more volatile than nat gas. So, for yeah. all you Nvidia traders. <laughs> You know, we've got nat gas too, which is, which is probably one of the most dangerous commodities. And Nvidia is trading more; uh, it's more volatile than nat gas, which means maybe, <laughs> maybe you only you don't you reduce position size in there. Yep. Well, you know, the, the models. If you use the models, I mean, I when I was uh, that's what I would do. I'm not <laughs> saying well, anybody else. But. I, I had to sit through this when I was in grad school. 
uh, Greg, only because I took these classes. They were, everybody was just, I mean, uh, I think I did a, uh, what the hell did I do? Did I took a, I think I had a class from Myron Scholes when I was there. But uh, the, uh, you know, the, that, that model, the Black Scholes model, they, they all have to have some, you, you really do, I think, if you're going to use them properly, have to know what's behind them because they're they're all very imperfect and they when i say imperfect they're they're designed in such a way where they could be put on a, a then day calculator so the the variables that are in there are i mean everybody are, you knew everybody knows the variables well the variables are current stock price or land price or building price or whatever it hell you're, you're you're doing an option on right so you know you know the the uh the price of the building the farm or the stock that that's a note. You should know the interest rate because obviously options move dr- dramatically on interest rates. And I'm going to say, Greg, for the last eight years, how many traders even have a clue that they move on interest rates? Yeah, that was a big shock to a lot of people. Yeah, these past few years. Uh, the, the, you also know the time to expiration. You know, is it is it a does it expire Friday? Does it expire in September? Does it expire like next June? So you know that, uh, and and you should know if there's a dividend. All right, so that makes a big difference as well. So you know, you know, right. but then there, but then there's, there's something else. I mean, w- what else is in there? And the the first model I looked at, or that they taught us, that people eventually bleep canned, they had said had summation sign. It was the sum of all the expectations of future price movements. All right. Well, well, that got shot down mathematically because. All the all the expectations of future price movements should be in the price of the stock, right? Stock's trading fifty. That's the market's best estimate of where the stock's going to be. You know, well today, but you know, maybe not five years from now because you you expect the company to grow or something. By and large, that's that's the best estimate of the whole world of what that stock price is worth today. Is fifty. You're getting to volatility, aren't you? Well, I'm I'm saying, but what, yeah, what, what's the other component? That it's in an option that's not in the stock, and what most the, people would say time. And well, we know. Well, you know the time, time yeah, expiration. You know the time interest. Value, you know the price. Yeah, intrinsic versus extrinsic. But, but then, but then, what else? What what else is is in there? I mean, what you know? There, there's there's something else, and, and what they what they locked in on is this term called volatility, and they defined it as the annualized standard deviation of the stock movement. Well. But then there's four different types of volatility. There's historic volatility, what it did the last year, the last five years, the last ten years on a day-to-day basis. There's future volatility, which nobody knows, right? There's implied volatility, which is where it's trading right now, because if you back into the price of the option, you can tell what the market tells you. The the implied, what you talked about, NVIDIA, is the implied volatility. If you know all the other factors and, and you also know the price of the option, you can solve for the volatility correct right and putting on my best russell hat um volatility would be the standard in which we measure our our odds and our profit meaning in the same way that you can watch poker on tv and see the odds on the bottom left hand where they've got the cards and and what they have the uh odds of winning you know we control how much we we put in and then we can tell our odds based on the volatility um and, and a combination of the profit, but that's kind of our scorekeeper. The only issue with our scorekeeper and our measure 
is that it's priced to only be right about 70% of the time. Well, it's also... It's also One standard deviation is what, 68.7 or 68... But it's also a, a total fabrication. When I say that, it, it's very imperfect, but it's the best anybody could do. Cause here, right, cause and that's the rules kind of that, that at least a lot of us play by. Um, uh, some other people like DRW and, and Blair Hull and those people have created their own models and priced options and done very well based on those. But most what you'll see on the brokerages have been uh, black shoals, and you yeah. can see, and, and well, those some, are some will use the CACs, some will use yeah. the CACs, Rubens thing. As your interest rates go up, you see people slide away from the black shoals because uh, it, it has no concept of like when puts are an early exercise and things like that. I think the original black shoals didn't even have a dividend in there. Right. The original. And, but here, here's and what I'm saying. The, uh, yeah. But here's what some of the weaknesses are that if you don't actually, you know, sit in class forever, uh, bored as hell with no air conditioning, uh, that you actually, because the the implication is, is that first of all, all volatility numbers are interday, not intraday, which I don't think I would change it, but it's it's also a weakness. So for instance, what Greg's talking about is that if Nvidia opens up, it, say it's right now it's four fifty nine eighty, say it's four sixty. Well, if it's up, to, if it trades 500 today, then it trades 410 and closes at 460, the movement on the day is zero that you calculate in your volatility. Yet Now, at that same, that same way, though, you'll see the, the people who are making the markets adjust the entire way. So they, they might, but I'm saying when you go back to calculate the historical volatility for, for today, August 23rd, that would be zero. Yeah. In fact, it yeah. was volatile as hell. In fact, it was volatile. And what you'll see, though, the next day is those options will be a little bit more oh, without a doubt. because the people who are who are selling them said, "Oh my, <laughs> but, we just had a." But I'm saying, some, but if you calls, somebody somewhere, raise, yeah. But it's it's not even if it's not even kept as a historical. I mean, I guess it, I guess if you went back to a chart that really kept the, the detail of the markets. You'd find out that it had a hundred-hour range today, but nobody does that. I mean, it, well, uh, so a lot of people do in the 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 prop world because really now uh, data and how fast you get the information in the sub tick data and sub second data, it's very important to those guys because that they do keep track of it. And but, the exchange makes a lot of money selling that data. But too. they 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 do mentally, but I mean. If it's very if you're difficult. You're going to buy an option, but it's very the next difficult. Day. If you were to, if I were to look at what was the volatility in Nvidia in the last six months, and they tell me 35, and all of a sudden it's not an earnings day, it's not anything, and it's trading 75, I'm going to say, okay, why is it so freaking high? And the answer isn't normally, well, the intraday is bigger than the intraday because nobody, nobody really even has it in their mindset. I'm saying, you know, it's a weakness. It's not, it's not a, a deal killer or anything. It's just, it's a weakness. But the other thing that that allows you to really you could get screwed, as we were talking about a little earlier, Greg was, if if a if a stock is trading say a twenty volatility or a sixteen or something, it, it yeah, call it, that's Walmart. Yeah, yeah never. So call it Walmart. Well, let's not use Walmart because they're too big. <laughs> but but let, <laughs> okay. But, but let's use uh, uh, you know, UPS for instance. 
may not, may not, they're a pretty big tool, but we'll use them anyway. The, the UPS is uh, you know, trading 167.70, and they've got a whatever volatility. Say it's 20. So normally their volatility will be about 15. After big moves like this, you'll see the traders move it to about 25. Right, but what the model is telling you but the imp- is that on a normal day, here's where the thing is normally up and down, whatever. If it's a 20, it's here. If it's a 60, it's three times that. But it lulls you to sleep in the extent that um, it, it basically tells you and me that the chances of a big move in a, in a, in a, is, is, is less in a stack with lower daily volatility than another stack. I mean, I mean a real big move, like a takeover or like going broke or something. And that is not true. I mean, it, abso- it absolutely is not true, and, and that's what you really have to be concerned about. Like you, you're, you mentioned it with the currencies. If, if you, you may have a position that, based on all the volatility in the currencies, uh, looks to be the right size. You know, the currency's trading in 100, and you're short a whole bunch of the 102s. Okay, but it hasn't right. been at 102 forever. You, you can't be lulled into the fact that someday, somewhere, some... You know, some country's going to pull some crap and the thing's going to open up at 105 and all of a sudden your short calls are being stuck right where the sun don't shine. Now, you can't make the assumption that because... And that's st- where the yeah. sizing comes in. Yeah. Um, because the model is, is not right and there's no way to predict the future. Right. It's silly to try to... You know, the best you can kind of do is play your odds, you know, similar to cards. But realizing that the one standard deviation and two standard deviation moves, those are... Those are right. Those are normal. Definition. Those are normal day right. Yeah, sixty-eight percent of the time yeah. they'll be right, but the other the other times, you know, who knows? For example, UPS when they went from fifteen to twenty-five. Okay, so the traders, you've spooked the traders to say, all right, well, we're going to increase our our prices, or you've spooked the holders too, to where, well, maybe maybe we uh we miss we misinterpreted the market, and now we're going to be instead of that. 20 call being two dollars it's going to be three and a half dollars or so they're going to wait for if they want to sell calls they're going to say well this is more volatile than we thought so we're just going to increase our our ask well we're, we're somewhat saying the same thing but what i'm saying is is that like ups is not very volatile but then but it can trend like i've been trading that stack forever but if you look at now next week the september 1st the stack's trading uh 167.70 well, nobody thinks it's going anywhere next week. You know, they, the big news, they've had their earnings. The big news has been the, I think they had their earnings, but uh, the big news is the, the thing got settled. When you look at next week, you know, either, either September 1st, the 185 calls are $0.05. Cents. All right. Well, you know, that's that's interesting. I mean, you, when you sell them, why, why do you want to sell anything at $0.05? Cents? Why do you want to be long them? Because there's really... You're going to say to yourself, there's no chance. But the implication is, is that because the stock is not very volatile, there's less chance of a real big move than in NVIDIA or something that moves around a lot. You, right. you, you can't make that assumption because right. next week on Tuesday, and boy, I just don't take this. Who knows if Amazon says, you know what, instead of competing with these guys, we'll just pay 250 for them. Or, or three. Right. I mean, it's not going to happen. All of a sudden, that, that call you sold at five cents, in anticipation of nothing happening, is now 
being jammed up your behind at a hundred bucks or something like that. And that's where sizing really comes yeah. in because there's no way to know the future, and and there's no way for even if you're uh, Shoals himself, you know, you don't know the future, you don't know what's going to happen, so you you get a, an idea of seventy percent of the time where you want to be, and then if you if you're sizing, you know, <laughs> that's that's what the, that's where the money is made. Well, not necessarily the valuing, but the sizing is always most important. Well, a great ex- great couple of examples, uh, Greg. When back, I mean, when you gave uh, when the market was was really low when I first started. If you gave examples on risk, you never used puts. There was only like 100 stocks on the floor, and like, and like none of them went out worthless. So, right. So the risk and was And then all of a yeah. sudden in 87, well, uh, everybody found out that, no, no, I'm talking about, that there was a big skew. I'm talking about a, a stock that was trading 30 never went out like worthless. You know, so, I mean, these were stocks that, you know, GM went bankrupt, all those other kinds of things. It's all after that. But in those days, if you, if you were going to give a, uh, an example of risk and options, the risk was always to the upside, and it was always a takeover risk. You're gonna say, "We got Kennecott Copper here at you know, thirty bucks," and all of a sudden one day somebody paid sixty for it, and the guys who were short the thirty-five and forty calls, basically got, got ripped. You know, they got carried out feet first. They didn't, get, they didn't even get ripped; they got carried out. But the, the option pricing would lead you to believe that's not gonna happen. There, the interesting part was Superior Oil traded on a on the brown badge, so it was on the. Uh, Midwest Stock, I was on the Midwest Stock Exchange, my brown badge when I first started. Superior Oil was always moving, always moving, because it was always a takeover candidate. So the, the volatility in there was triple, quadruple Kennecott Copper, those kinds of places. They actually consolidated foods that got taken over like you know at like double prices, that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, one day they get, the place got taken over. Guess where they got taken over? I don't know. The closing price of the day before. Never even oh. moved. So, so, so the all the ones where the volatility was high, because this thing's going to get taken over. Be careful! It got taken over at the exact same price, almost within like a dollar, where it was traded. And here's a couple other schmuck companies that, you know, if the thing was thirty bucks, the you know the the, the thirty five call was you know was a was maybe a quarter of a buck, and all of a sudden it opens up at six bucks, that kind of thing. You, you got a, you got clobbered in those places, and yet in the, in the one right. that was definitely going to get taken over. <clears throat> It basically was 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 unchanged. Yeah, and that's why going back to sizing, it's it's always about the risk versus the reward. So if you're selling things at five cents, you know your your max reward is five cents. How much do you really want to risk for those five cents? That's that's how it goes. But in in Nvidia, supposedly, I mean, if it's moving that much, you need significantly less oh, capital sure. in order to make a uh, hundred bucks than you would in in something oh, like. You can, you can, uh, you need a you can do a one lot or a five lot, not a fifty lot for God's sake. Yeah, like because because in theory, I mean, we're moving a lot more. So if you have a uh, the S and P index, you know, spiders versus Nvidia, maybe you do that three to one or three and a half to one. You do thirty five shares of spiders to to ten of of uh, Nvidia. Oh yeah, I mean it's. It's, well, you also it's have that problems. Much with, difference. You also have problems with you. It's it's messing with the indexes themselves. I mean, yesterday at one right. point, your your Qs were way up, your Russells down, and and the, and the spiders are like unchanged. So these stocks that are going crazy, depending on how big they are in the in the indices, it, they're they're driving. I mean, I, you know, I have clients. You know, at the beginning of the year, and one of the biggest problems right now 
you, you and I talk about this all the time, Greg, because everybody knows I do a protected index program for people, or, or we at PTI do. And it's, it's a great strategy, but it's gotten more and more complex seemingly by the month. When we started it, the only, the only index out there was the spider, the S&P 500. So it was real easy. You put it in the spider, and you, right. know, you did your calls and puts against it. And at the end of the year, if the market was unchanged, we made money. If the market was way down, we didn't lose anywhere near as much money. And if the market was way up, we didn't make as much, but we didn't lose. And it's basically the strategy. And, uh, and Apple is 12% of yeah, the NASDAQ. So, yeah, so now, <laughs> when you have Apple moving. But now this year, I mean, I, I, you know, I've got calls today with people. Uh, the people who want to be in the, in, were this year want to be in the Russell. Uh, Russell hasn't gone anywhere. S&P is up a reasonable amount, and the Qs are crazed. They're, they're, they're up huge. Well, right. you know, picking the index, and everybody at the end of the last year wanted to be in the XLV, which is the uh, healthcare which now has had a big rally the last few weeks. But like a month ago, I think it was like unchanged on the year, or might even been down. The oil was down. Yeah. Oil, the oil indexes were down. I mean, so now, you know, picking, doing a protected index program, now the first thing in your mind is, which index, <laughs> right? There used, to, there used to be one, maybe two. And now there's, you know, however many you want. And uh, so picking the index is almost getting this, it's almost like you're back to stock picking, which, you know, I don't really like to do. Uh, right. So, the so, indexes have been dominated by the largest market caps right. because that's well, it, how they're year, designed. Last year, the, the, the uh, Qs had gotten annihilated because uh, all the stocks were way down last year. Virtually every client, if they were starting out, um, all the predictors from uh, the talking heads were, this is going to be the year of oil, it's going to be the year of banks, and the year of healthcare. Well, if you did what those guys wanted you to do, which a lot of people did, and we did for some people, and then they'll say, "Well, how, how come I'm not thirty? I'm not I'm not up thirty percent." Well, because you're not in the queues. Why aren't I in the right. queues? Because you didn't want to be in the queues. Because all I did was go down last year. You know, it's it it's making it difficult or or fun or a challenge, however you want to look at it. But it uh, you end up with uh, I mentioned uh, Greg. As a matter of fact, you were here a couple weeks ago. I was going through a portfolio from some guy. And he's got a lot of dough, and we, you know, he's a client, but he hasn't he hasn't uh, funded it yet. But he signed up, and he's he's a guy that he's got all these stocks that are up a bunch this year. Yet his account wasn't up this year, and I'm going, how can that be? So I look what at what happened. Boy, I go I go through all the trades, you know, which took me a while. What turns out at the end of last year, he must have been in the stocks, you know, the Microsofts and the Apple and those things, and he must have told his his uh, you know his investment advisor. Hey, I don't want to be in that stuff anymore. Get me the hell out of there. Get me in oil. Get me into dividend stacks like telephone and those kinds of places which haven't gone anywhere. Uh, get, get me in all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, the ones he's had, they're run up again. And he basically said, you know, get me back in them. But not at the end of the year prices, like the month ago prices. And I'm going, my God, if, if these things go down again this year, which I'm not predicting, if they do, he's going to get clobbered two years in a row. You know, see, it happens. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> I I wish I was. I yeah. wish I was uh, in a spot to kind of. I mean, I, it happens. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to be careful. You don't, yeah, you got you to be careful. You don't double screw yourself. You, you, you know, you pick a stack, you know, X Y Z at fifty, and all of a sudden it runs down to forty, and you go, well, this thing sucks, and you sell it, and all of a sudden it percolates back up. And I was running up, and you go, I was right in the first place. You buy it back at at forty eight, and it goes back to forty again, and you go. <laughs> How did, how did I just do that twice? I mean, but you know, it happens to everybody. 
The only difference we used is to call it, that on the on the floor, and especially when you had negative gamma. Um, when you're buying high and selling low on purpose, you're yeah. whim whamming yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that's why I, that's why I say when you, if, if you buy a stock, I mean, my one piece of advice: if, if you buy a stock, this is not portfolio theory. If you buy a stock at eighty, I'm hoping you got a winner. It goes to hundred. You say I'm not so comfortable at hundred. You sell it, take it off your screen. You don't have it anymore. It's just like all the other stocks that are up there. Oh man, I lost ten bucks. It's at one ten. No, you didn't. You made twenty. Go on to something else. Get, get your mind off. It. Quit looking at it. You don't have it anymore. Or buy insurance. I mean, yeah. if some people buy the puts. Yeah, well, it's that's, expensive, but at least you can sleep at night. Well, you, you buy the puts, then you say if it keeps going, um, that's why farmers should do more of that instead of selling their future corn. They should buy the puts, right? It, yeah. it, but because then, then if you get the one year where corn goes to twelve, you don't feel like you screwed yourself, right? Yeah, it's it's what helps you sleep at night. A lot of people, it's just keeping the sizes down. Other people, it's have being long puts. Other people, it's just selling out the stock and, and paying the cap gains. Well, Greg, thank you for calling in. SP Futures up five. I hope Russell's okay. NASDAQ Futures up thirty-one. I was going to get into him about uh, which which monopolies win. I don't know if you wanted to get in that conversation because you talk about the the, the red nur- ones. Duh. Well, you talk about the nurses' union, not union, but the nurses' association kind of regulates the amount of nursing schools. The doctors have always got a, a, an incredible union because they're able to re- regulate the amount of medical schools. Now hospitals are bigger than either one of those two, and they're screwing both of them. You know, which well, is, in Chicago, it's the teachers, and they yeah. won. Yeah, well, swept, the, swept the field. And they put a mayor in. You know, That's what they yep. do. Uh, SP Futures only up six now. We'll be back tomorrow with Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.